Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time. And that whenever and wherever you happen to be hanging out on the matrix that is our current world we live in, I hope that you are able to see beyond the nationalist bullshit. I hope you're able to see beyond the divisiveness bullshit. And I hope you're able to see beyond the separatist bullshit. And I have seen this from many different angles recently. And I'm observing this from a fifth dimensional viewpoint. And I keep seeing it and I keep thinking, boy, (laughs) Ah, that's so 3D. It's so 3D. You know, they say don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge a person by their lover. (laughs) Don't judge a person by their color. It should go without saying. It should go without saying, but I've got to say it. Because I I have had things come across my field recently, and every time I see this, I'm just like, (sighs) I just kind of breathe a sigh of great disappointment because people have so much farther to go. I see the road. I see the road for so many, so many people who have contacted me. I see their road and I feel like they're on it. They're on the path. Things are great. They're going great. And oh no, they just ran off the road into a damn field. And I see they're going to have to play around in that field for a minute before they get back on the road again. And I see it. I see it when I talk to some people and I see it when I see certain people's posts or if I hear commentary on the news or what have you. I mean, it's not just from one thing, not from one source or one person or one incident. And it doesn't upset me or hurt my feelings. It doesn't make me angry. I don't overreact. I don't even really react (laughs) to it anymore. I just get so disappointed for the person. I get sad for the people that are 
not totally seeing things from a fifth dimensional perspective. And I even question it in the book that I was reading last week when they were saying some things that felt racist to me, frankly. And I, even if I love and revere this book, sometimes there are things that I hear that I just feel like, "Mm, that's not true. That's not right. Doesn't ring true to me. And I ask God to get clarification. And a lot of times I just feel like this is wrong. And God will say, yeah, that that's not right. It's wrong. You know, uh, I've heard some false information from all angles, from all different kinds of sources. And something I heard the other day was a bunch of erroneous bullshit about the pineal gland. And that really was strange because... There's the physical part of the pineal gland, and then there's the uh, counterpart to the fifth dimension and beyond, because we are multidimensional beings, just like we have, you know, our heart, physical heart, but we have our heart chakra. So it's like part of it is in our body and part of it's uh, in other dimensions. So um, this weird report that was uh, supposedly on Fox News was saying, you know, and Fox News is all full of lies anyway, so I don't believe anything anyone of that corrupt station says. But someone had sent me a clip, and I was like, what? And it said that white people have their pineal glands calcified and (laughs) non-functioning. And I'm like, okay, first of all, they don't know anything about the pineal gland. Um, I don't know where this information came from. It's it's possible that people have a, a somewhat calcified pineal gland, absolutely. But, it, okay, this is what it was, um, how it was explained to me about this thing. Your pineal gland is like a little tiny green bag of sand. And the sand is, it's flexible and pliable, and the sand is freely flowing. It just kind of flows as if sand is flowing across a dune, you know, it's very easy to move and manipulate and shape, whatever. Um, but in your pineal gland, it's very loose. It's, it's the sand almost. And it does get calcified if you don't use it. But the thing is, as people get older, it gets more and more calcified. Or it gets more and more hard. Like the sand becomes more like cement and it just, from the bottom up, it just hardens, 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 hardens. And when it gets up to the very top part of it, if your entire pineal gland is hardened fully, that's it, sucker, you're dead. That's it. That, that, that's the end of life. In fact, that's what happens at the end of life. You know, (laughs) your pineal gland is toast. It's sand that won't move anymore. It's like cement. I mean, if you've ever gone to the mystery schools from the Rosicrucian order to the Masons to builders of the Adonim, 
I think even Paramahansa Yogananda in the Self-Realization Fellowship Lessons also talk about this. They all talk about it. You know, it's like everybody, Brotherhood of the White Temple. They talk about the pineal gland. Now, three or four spiritual wannabe teacher guru types that never attended a mystery school, that did not learn at the foot of a real master, that did not sit with the saints the way some of us, including yours, truly did. They they read a book on the shelf from Barnes and fucking Noble and they'll say, oh, look at this information and they turn it into their YouTube channel, their YouTube video. And now the latest thing is TikTok. And it's time for me to say, TikTok, baby, wake the fuck up and don't listen to everything you hear because if someone just put this in a book because they read it in another book and you're putting it on your YouTube channel that's recycled bullshit information that might have like 10% of truth to it. It doesn't mean it's all true. All this stuff is not completely true, right? You have to really use your discernment. <laughs> I swear to God, I need a leotard and a cape, baby. Get me a big D for my chest. And now D is for discernment because people just have a hard time discerning the truth, asking God directly and hearing a clear channeled answer in their heart of hearts in the still small voice. And that comes a spiritual commitment and that comes with spiritual practice that comes with years of training that's where you get your discernment you don't get it from you know last Saturday night when you got high with the best weed and had a flash of an insight or a spiritual awakening because a spiritual awakening is not spiritual discipline and, and having a dream is not the same thing as spiritual knowledge that's attained by reading the correct books or going to the correct school for you that you resonate with. Having one or two spiritual insights doesn't make you a master. It doesn't make me a master either, by the way not claiming to be a master. I'm not saying I'm your guru because I'm not. You're your own guru. But the thing is, guru, you got to be willing to slap that D on your chest, baby. (laughs) And that D for discernment. You need to have discernment when you hear something that sounds a little bit, you know, if it puffs up your ego, Maybe it's not the most spiritual fucking thing out there. <laughs> I mean, this thing was saying that that uh, black people have their pineal gland less calcified and therefore they're more spiritual or more whatever. And it's like, excuse me. Excuse me, I need to be a Karen here for a second. (laughs) And saying that, excuse me, 
know, uh, what was the age of the brain of the person that they looked at this? You know, a 12 year old is not going to have a calcified pineal gland, no matter what race or color or whatever. (laughs) But I mean, are they looking at 80 year old white man's brains and 12 year old, uh, you know, people of colors brains to, Oh, look at the difference. It's a pineal gland. It's totally different. That's not, I mean, there was like so many flaws and holes in this theory I was hearing. And I'm like, well, I would like to see actual real studies, you know, if this is true, but what does that even mean still? I mean, just because someone's pineal gland is calcified a little bit or not calcified a little bit, regardless of the color of their skin, which I thought was insane. It sounded insane to me. There was no science backing it up. Um, from the, from what I heard, I would like to see the science if it's real, but this person was kind of making a case for, um, you know, look, I have melanated skin and that means I'm more spiritual and I'm sorry, but I'm here to tell you guys that it's not a fucking shortcut because you're a winner in the genetic lottery one way or the other. I have met ignorant fucking fools of every skin type, every culture, every religion. And I have met really fucking brilliant people of every color, every creed, every whatever, every culture. Just because someone is fucking Pleiadian does not mean that they're spiritual. That doesn't mean they're here to be a savior for all of us. No matter how many people named fucking Q say otherwise, discernment, wear the big D on your chest. The big D of discernment. If something puffs up your ego, you should be aware. You feel that little sort of energy in the bottom part of your heart chakra and kind of a little bit towards the back. And there's like a little scratching, itchy feeling, almost like, ooh, that feels a little like I'm allergic to that false ass information. It makes you feel like "Eh, that's not really true. It's not really true. You know, you can't say there's more ignorant fools of this race or more uneducated people of that race or whatever the hell. I consider the race on the planet to be the human race plus all the races we're not even aware of that live in the under the surface of the planet. Not to mention the ones visiting us from other planets and, you know, the Palladian race is different than the human race, although we're very similar. I just feel like there's got to be something said about this because this is a third dimensional trick. This is another trick to separate people, to divide people. And you have to understand that we're all equal in the eyes and the ears and the soul of the Lord. My cat just ran across the room with a bag on her tail. (laughs) And the faster she 
ran, the louder the bag was, and so the faster she ran. I don't know if you guys heard that, but that was hilarious. (laughs) Oh, my God. When she drinks her water and she's done with her water, she finds a plastic bag that she's been stashing and puts it over her water to preserve it because she saw me doing that with her food. (laughs) She's so smart. Like, oh my God, it's so funny. Anyway, I have been looking at some things, and not just from this thing that this one person sent me, but from very many sources over the past three or four Another real, really ridiculous thing I heard was uh, my friend sent me a thing, a, a picture of a book from like the 1990s or 80s maybe, and she said, this is so strange, it doesn't make any sense. I wanted to ask you about it because the book seems like it's a good book, but then it says if you're born between like January and March, that means you're in your last life because you're like ultimately more spiritual than all the other people born on all these other times. And I'm like, again, (laughs) it does not sound true. Like only people that are Aquarius are ascending and everybody else is just shit out of luck. How does that make any fucking sense at all? You know, it doesn't, and it means that you said that if you're born in the Sephiroth, which has nothing to do with astrology, I studied Hebrew stuff. I studied the Kabbalah. This is not true. None of this is so God. It's so stupid. I'm here to tell you, I have been every man, every woman. I have been every race on earth. If you want to call them races, which I don't, but that's where some people go with that. And I have spent 10,000 years or a hundred thousand years, or maybe a million years perfecting my soul to the point at which I can be in a physical body and become a spiritual enlightened being illumined, if you will. And I'm on the path to becoming a saint and then a master, right? So have you, so have you. So like, if you are an Asian person, oh, well shit, I lost the, I I lost the genetic lottery. I guess I'm not going to be a spiritually advanced person in this life, right? No, wrong. It's fucking bullshit. You could be a spiritual master and Asian or Indian or native American or white or black or purple with green fucking spots. It doesn't matter. It's your soul's journey, not the journey of the physical body you currently inhabit. It's not, oh, I'm a Virgo, so I might as well not try because only people born in March are the people who are the ding, 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 winner, winner, chicken dinner. I get to ascend to the next fucking dimension. No, fuck no. That's like pointing fingers at everyone in the world going, Oh, well, you're not me because I'm the enlightened one. Cause I was born on the 25th and fuck you all that were born on the first to the 24th or the 26th through the 31st. Cause I'm the winner. Oh, well, woe to you. Ignoramuses. <laughs> I mean, it's that stupid. 
These things, these things are really stupid. There's a lot of bullshit information just because someone, uh, wrote a book and they published a book and sold copies of a book. Doesn't mean that the book isn't fucking shit because it can be totally lies. It's possible. And just because you're born, you know, at a different time or in a different culture or in a different body with a different skin color than the last time you're born or whatever, doesn't mean that you're more likely or less likely to have an open or closed pineal gland or that you're more likely to be more open hearted or less open hearted or more spiritually advanced. Uh, This is yet one more thing in this. And I've gone over this from other angles and I, and I see this stuff and I'm like, what the flock are people thinking? You know, it's possible you need to be experienced in every culture around the planet once, twice, thrice, possibly before you can even become illumined or enlightened or become an actual, uh, spiritual master. It's not like, well, I got this extra hormone in my body. Well, gee, you know, I have more estrogen than you do. That means I'm more enlightened than you are. Enlightenment has nothing to do with the shit happening in your body. Whether you're a vegan or you eat meat or whether you eat fruit or you eat Doritos, that has nothing to do with how spiritually enlightened you are. Some of the most enlightened people I have met smoke cigarettes, keeps them grounded. Some of the most health conscious people I met are total fools. You know, that they don't know anything about spirituality. Oh, but they're a vegan and their name is Rainbow and they live in Mount Shasta. So, you know, heh. no, I don't know. You know, your progress spiritually does not depend on a hormone in your body or, you know, whether you eat green broccoli on a Thursday during a full moon naked with your coven whether you buy a pussy scented candle by Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, this shit does not make you more or less spiritual. What makes you spiritual is that you're on the path and we're all on the path. If you imagine a road, right? And you could get there on many different, in many different ways. You know, we're all on the path of enlightenment that takes us home. It leads us to God. It leads us to the perfect level of discernment that we need to the perfect knowledge that we need to have in order to be spiritual masters, to have self mastery, self realization. And we're all on that road. It doesn't matter how we get there, whether we're crawling on our knees, kissing a Catholic cross in our hands or whether we're on a fucking tricycle or a tiny Shriners car or a fucking Corvette. The point is we're all on the same fucking road. Some people are ahead of you on that road and they have more knowledge because they've done the fucking spiritual work. 
And some people are behind you on that road going, I'm so enlightened because I have this insight because I took ayahuasca in the jungle. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Beanie. Glad you had your little bit of enlightenment over the course of a weekend. I'm glad you spent your $2,000, go to Peru and live in a jungle, you know, and, and take a drug and fucking throw up. And then you had an insight about your own life. Yay. Good for you, Beanie. But I'm telling you, your spiritual enlightenment does not come from having a hormone, taking a drug, uh, eating fucking Doritos or a piece of celery in a blender with water. Like your spiritual enlightenment comes to you after generations, years living in probably 20,000 bodies, maybe 200 bodies. I don't know how long it takes you living many different cultures, many different lifetimes on many different planets for some of you. It's after you've done the spiritual work. Okay, Becky. Okay, Beanie. You know, it's not about, it's not about your, you know, having one little advantage over the others. And now you're better when you consider this kind of stuff, like, Oh, well I was born on this day. And in this book, it says I'm in this Sephiroth. So that means I'm whatever. No, no, this stuff is not real. Like, you know, people want the shortcuts because it's human nature for us to be lazy and, 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 and have the shortcuts. And, you know, if you, have a spiritual awakening to the point where you can now manipulate the matter around you. The material world becomes like your kingdom. That means what? That you got lucky with the genetic lottery. You got bit by a radioactive spider. No. What does it mean? It means that you spent lifetimes painstakingly learning the knowledge, gaining the insights, being on a spiritual road, learning things by, you know, um, trial and error in, in by meditation. And for some of you probably through lifetimes of, uh, pain, suffering, that might be your path. Your vehicle might not be a happy-go-lucky little tiny Shriners car where you get to wear a funny hat. You might be the guy kissing the cross and crawling along that road while your knees are bloody and sore. You know, because sometimes the road to God for you might be suffering. For somebody else, it might be uh, fasting a lot or meditating in a cave. And for other people, it might be giving of yourself in personal service. You know, everyone has a different vehicle of getting there, but no one gets there without having done the spiritual work. Having a flash of an insight doesn't make you enlightened. I remember when 21 years ago, my Kundalini first rose all the way up in this body. And I remember because it happened to me, it sparked it in my husband and his rose all the way up. And we looked at each other and we were like, Whoa, is that it? 
Like it was an intense moment. It was like days. It felt days and just in hours time, it felt like days had passed. It was insane. It was only one day, but it, it felt like weeks sometimes, you know, during while I was raising that up, it felt excruciatingly long <laughs> time was expanded. And I remember at the end of it, I went, I looked at my husband and I go, so, um, is that it then? It, it does. Are we spiritually enlightened yet? Are, are we spiritual masters? Is that what this is? And he burst out laughing and I burst out laughing because we both knew, obviously, no, of course not. <laughs> I mean, I've met people who are on the spiritual journey that started three, four weeks ago and they're saying, well, I'm enlightened and I know better than you. I mean, my life is so much better than yours and I have more money than you do and I have better clothes than you do. So I must be doing something right. Your life is so pathetic and sad. And look at how all the horrible experiences you've had. That's because you attract that to yourself. That's because you're not enlightened. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Try telling that to Jesus as he hung on the motherfucking cross. Fucker got crucified. You can't get much shittier than that as far as a moment in a lifetime. Honestly, you could go tell Jesus the the one true, like the most incredible avatar of our time of our, of our world. Oh, the Romans spat on you. You must've attracted that to yourself. Never happened to me. So I must be more enlightened than you. Do you guys hear the ego in those statements? I've literally had people say these things to me and I'm telling you guys, I I was just telling my friend, you know, I witnessed a murder in Peru. Guy got shot in the head at point blank range right in front of me. You know, I, I saw this kind of stuff. I saw some negative shit, man. And, and, and people who knew lesser things had happened to me, you know, like I got robbed or whatever in Colombia, and, and people are like, Oh, you must've drawn that to yourself. Cause it's so, you know, you're so low in vibration. And, and, and I'm telling you guys, these people have no fucking clue. Why would I draw those things to myself? Well, because I did not, they were in my energy field because of where I was at, because where I was at was where God told me to be because my job was to heal the people and the land and the animals and the events and the circumstances of history in that part of mother earth. (laughs) Cause I was given the task of creating a healing grid around the planet. Well, I need to know what we're healing from. You know, it's, you don't go to a doctor with a broken arm and the doctor says, oh, well, I'm a doctor. So you're healed. No, the doctor says, take off your shirt. Let's get an x-ray. Let's get you know, a surgery, surgery or surgeon in here. And let's, you know, reset your arm and put a cast on. And then we're going to take x-rays again. You know, there's work involved in healing. It's not just about, Oh, well, I'm a doctor. So I <laughs> got an ego, got a nice car. You know, you have mere slacks, but I wear Pierre, Pierre Cardin, 
you know, so I must be better than you because I got that. He's like, <laughs> I mean, if a doctor said that to you, you'd be like, you're a fool. I'm, t- I'm turning you into the medical board because this is bullshit. My arm's still hanging by a thread. Help me. Don't just say I'm a doctor and I can help you because, hey, without actually doing the fucking work. <laughs> so it's just, it's been, it's been brought to my attention in a wide variety of ways from multiple people. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm sorry, but you know, it's like a lot of times, you know, we draw to ourselves things that are a reflection or a mirror, whatever. I'm not a murderer. I've never murdered anybody. I've never held a gun to someone's head, you know? So when I saw that happen, I was like, whoa, huh? All right. And I looked at my daughter and she looked at me. We witnessed this and we just sort of like, let's go inside the restaurant and, um, I didn't see it. Did you see it? She's like, I didn't see it. I'm like, yeah, we didn't see anything. We don't know anything. We don't even speak Spanish right now. (laughs) You know, we couldn't tell the cops nothing for nothing, you know? And we just kind of, you know, kind of joked about it a little bit. We sat down and we're like, okay. But I knew that what I needed to do because God put me in that way. And I am a healer. I am the angel of death after all. So you witness a little bit more death when you're the angel of death. (laughs) Because it's your job when it's your job, you know, so I had to, had to heal a little bit extra of the land there. I had to heal a lot of shit in Peru and I'm not nowhere near done, but someone else had to go and heal Peru now where I came here to be in Ecuador and I healed a lot of stuff in Ecuador, but I'm living on a level of, um, balance, like where I'm at in the, in, on the planet I'm just literally holding the balance energy, (laughs) the harmony energy, you know, and that's just part of my job here. It's totally, you know, just, you know, so like every day I sit and I hold the light in me and I expand the light from me and I get rid of the negativity and I pull, um, uh, anxiety and negative energy, negative emotions from people around me, from the land and the area around me, and also from my twin flame because he and I are trying to shine bright for the world. And, uh, even though I don't know him physically, um, we telepath like constantly, but anyway, a a lot of people have like said, Oh, well, this is for this. Like your heart, heart chakra is for this, you know, for example. And then you have one or two people parroting that. And then you have like 40 people parroting what the three people have said that got it from one person who read a damn book at Barnes and Noble. So it's like everyone is parroting the same information over and over and over again. You know, and a lot of people just don't delve deeper. You know, when you go to Barnes and Noble, a lot of the books are real and right. And these are people who've studied their stuff, but a lot of the books are fluffy frou-frou. I don't know what you want to call them, but they're not really well researched and they're not researched. Um, like from a personal level, like I channel God for this information type of level, or I went to these three or four mystery schools on this level. Like a lot of books I have noticed just say, just they make up shit out of their own subconscious mind, which isn't necessarily real, (laughs) you know? Um, a lot of these, uh, spiritual gurus that one of them is going to be mentioned later in the show. Um, 
I love him and all of his information is actually real and, and it's realistic and it's good, but he keeps doing workshops in Sedona, Arizona. And when he does these workshops in Sedona, Arizona, he is completely and totally unaware of the, the, the uh, people there's demons there. There's uh, cults there that have put symbols on the ground there that pull from people's feet and pull from people's aura um, like their life force energy and their will, like the energy of their wills. So they are, uh, becoming less sovereign every time they go to places like Sedona and there's other places on earth that, that are like this. Um, but Sedona, Arizona is a big hot zone for negativity and demons and it is a cursed land. In fact, specifically the white people going to that land are cursed and it takes a fuck of a lot to unbreak, to break one of those curses. I, I, I got one when I was there. That's how I know. And, um, my, <laughs> a lot of my friends say the same thing. Like, Oh my God, you know what? Everything in my life was fine until my boyfriend and I went to Arizona we went to Sedona thinking it's so spiritual and oh my God. And after that he picked up a demon and started cheating on me. You know, a friend of mine told me that recently. I'm like, yep. Yeah. There's a lot of negativity there. A lot. And people don't know what they don't know. And they don't have that big D on their chest. They're not a superhero of discernment. And that's the biggest thing I keep telling you guys, because we need to always have discernment. You have to know how things are affecting your energy field. And you can't just say, well, look, I was born as a Pisces. So I'm done now. I'm spiritually enlightened. Come to me when you can grow a tree up out of the ground with fruit on it in 30 seconds. Then I'll know you're a spiritual master. Come to me when you can walk across a lake without a boat. Then I know you're a spiritual master. Come to me when you're controlling the weather in a place. Then I know you're a spiritual master. I've even controlled the weather, but I can't walk across a lake. So I know I'm not a spiritual master yet. You know, I can't have a burrito appear in my hand fully cooked. I'm not a spiritual master yet because <laughs> I've not mastered myself or the material world around me yet. I'm working on it every day. I get closer. I feel it, but I'm not there yet. And, and most of the people uh, I've met aren't there yet either. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm going to be like Trevor. Noah, and I'm going to say, miss me with that bullshit of divisiveness and nationalist and in, you know, well in my, in my company, you know, my country, we have more enlightened people. So I'm, you know, my country, we're more, or I'm a Pisces or I'm an Aquarius and I'm a Capricorn. So I'm, it's like, miss me without bullshit. As Trevor Noah says, just miss me without bullshit because there isn't a fucking shortcut and you got to use your discernment on this stuff. You know, there might be some hormone in your system that makes you more empathetic, or maybe you feel more emotions or something. Usually that's called estrogen. Um, <laughs> you know, unless it's anger, then it's called testosterone. <laughs> but it doesn't make you more spiritually enlightened or more inclined to be enlightened unless you've already spent 10,000 years or 200 lifetimes or whatever the hell 
doing the actual spiritual work, gaining the spiritual knowledge, channeling God directly. I have people ask me to ask God things for themselves and then come at me a week later with, oh, I had an awakening, so I'm totally enlightened now. And it's like, if you're still asking me to ask God shit for you, you don't even know the meaning of the word because what is the purpose of meditation? What is the purpose of the spiritual path we're on? It is to go to God, have an understanding with God where you could say, I and my father are one and mean it and know it and say the words from God through your mouth like I do. Am I enlightened? Maybe. Not a spiritual master yet, though. You know, I'm working on it. Am I your guru? No, fuck no. I'm just a woman with a podcast giving you practical spiritual advice and sometimes a lot of entertainment and hopefully some laughs so that you can feel good on this spiritual journey. But am I going to come at you with the truth? Yes. And I don't come at you with my version or my truth. I come at you with the fucking truth. And if I'm wrong or I say something wrong, I'll come back to you tomorrow going, well, what I said yesterday was a little bit totally not true. So let me give you the real truth right here because I think I might have misspoke or something, right? Because I don't have an ego about this shit. But I've been, a lot of people have approached me with this big fucking ego. Well, this thing told me that la, 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 (laughs) it stroked my ego. And you know what? The only thing that stroking your ego is, it's mental fucking masturbation. So put it back in your hat, beanie, put it back in your fucking hat and and stop with the mental masturbation of stroking your ego. That's all I got to say about that. Because, um, the minute you could drop your ego and love everybody and see everybody as a spark of the great divine, regardless of the culture or the food they eat, or if they smoke or they don't smoke, or if they do drugs or they don't do drugs. If, you know, regardless of what people do for their habits or the color of their skin or the size of their boots or the size of their brain, you know, (laughs) um, people's spirits are on a spiritual path and the rest of this shit is just all bullshit and illusion so don't come at me with this information from books saying well if you're born from this day to that day means you're more is it people that write this stuff they they're just talking out they're like a man talking with a paper butt and it doesn't hold fucking wind because it's just paper miss me with that bullshit all right guys let's get into spaceweather.com and then we're gonna come right back with uh, part two a book two of the life and teaching of the masters of the far east and you know what if they come at me with some racist crap i'm gonna pull i'm gonna call them out again so we'll see hopefully it won't be you know um (laughs) I mean, I was kind of really shocked by, uh, what statements, I mean, maybe I misinterpreted it, but I did take it to heart that maybe 
the person. See, the, and the thing is too, you could be an enlightened master. You could be a spiritual master and still have erroneous ideas or beliefs or even, you know, racism can, can creep in because we all have our personalities and it's like in judgmentalness, you know, I get a little judgy. I know that <laughs> for the most part, I'm over it. I don't care one way or the other, you know, about stuff and I don't judge people overall, but I get really irritated when I hear things that are just so like you won the genetic lottery. So there's a shortcut. You just, you're a spiritual mass. You know, you were born Nordic. You are hundred percent Norwegian. You're a spiritual master score. You know, like, come on, <laughs> you know, because you were born in India, you're automatically a master. Cause there's so many masters there. No, it doesn't work like that. You know, it doesn't work like that at all. Well, you're, you're born into a Catholic family. That must mean you're low on the totem pole. And eventually you're going to get to the top, but not this lifetime, buddy. Don't even bother trying. <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. Anyway, I could go on, but I'm not gonna. So spaceweather.com guys. Um, the current solar wind speed is 553 kilometers per second. And we are currently in a solar wind stream. So it looks like it's going to be starting some geomagnetic storms on the surface of our planet, which means hopefully up in the Northern Hemisphere, there'll be some really beautiful Aurora Borealises where all the Norwegian people can see. <laughs> I actually just got that from PewDiePie today. PewDiePie was, he got his genetic test. It's, it, that's, it's hilarious. It's a hilarious video. He just put up a few hours ago. He was like, they better not tell me I'm finished. And I'm like, what is that even, why does that a thing? Is that a thing? Really? It's hilarious. Um, there is no uh, solar cycle. Sunspots pose a threat right now for strong solar flares. And there, there's only two kind of on this side of the sun. You know, by tomorrow, they'll be gone around the other end. And it'll look like there might be no, uh, nothing at all <laughs> in the, uh, on the sun, maybe tomorrow. We'll see. But we do have the southern uh, coronal hole is where the solar wind is flowing. And it's, it's coming our way. And... I don't know. I feel like I'm bathing in it. It's kind of a lovely feeling. I did wake up this morning and did not feel my body. <laughs> is that, is that a thing where you don't feel any of your body? Maybe an ascension symptom. I asked God, I'm like, do I just have a disease in which there's no nervous system left or is this ascension? And he said, it's an ascension symptom. So having tingling, numb, uh, fingers, arms, um, entire torso, spine, head, neck, legs. Um, if it happens for a few minutes or an hour and then it goes away, it's probably an ascension symptom. It's a new one. It's weird. According to NASA's all sky cameras in the all sky fireball network, there were only two fireballs over the United States today. There is a picture of what they're calling I hate to say this. If you speak Spanish, you're going to laugh your ass off, but, um, there is a Virga. 
<laughs> it's a pinched tornado-like structure in a cloud. It's rain that falls from clouds but never quite hits the ground, and it looks like a tornado in the sky. And I don't know, they, they're calling it V-I-R-G-A, but Virga means male anatomy. <laughs> it's Spanish. It's kind of a hot talk, sexy word. So I laughed pretty hard when I saw that. Um, the Shimon resonance today coming out of DisclosureNews.it, coming out of Italy, is 70 hertz frequency, which is pretty big. Nothing to sneeze at compared to 6,000 hertz frequency that they got on Friday. 6,000, that's absolutely unheard of and insane, but 70 is pretty high for that area as well. Let's go to the Heart Math Institute. All we have uh, is Saturday's uh, information for whatever reason. Uh, They don't have up to date, and maybe they do, but I just can't reach it on my tablet, so hopefully... Soon I'll be able to get this. I got my computer here. I'm trying to get it all put together. It's a lot of work and I haven't quite done it yet, but, um, I got two computers. I have to, uh, get (coughs) tested for hacking. I have ransomware in one of them and I've got a factory reset it and go through every single picture and every single file, um, to delete the stuff that doesn't belong there. It's a big pain in the ass. Anyway, um, here we go. Saturday on the 23rd of January. Today's the 25th. And by the way, three days from now on the 28th is the full moon. So someone said it was today. It's not today. It's actually on the 28th. So the full moon is coming though, by the way. Anyway, uh, here we go from heartmouth.org uh, and you could check it out for yourself there. Uh, California was at 47 hertz frequency. Hofuf, Saudi Arabia, and Halului, South Africa were both at zero hertz frequency. Lithuania was at 87 hertz frequency. And Alberta, Canada was at 43 hertz frequency, while Northland, New Zealand was at 39 hertz frequency, which is just one baby hertz away from the fifth dimension. Doesn't mean that they're not in the fifth dimension. That was just the fluctuating number of that hour, but that is the most recent information. So anyway, I, I hope you guys got my message from before. Like, look, there's no shortcut. You just got to do the work. You know, it's not like, you know, you learned the number two and now, you know, algebra. So you don't need to go to eighth grade now, you know, (laughs) like people only do this with spiritual stuff because it seems so vague and nebulous especially when you're brand new and you're newbie to the path it just seems so vague and nebulous and so vast and I learned yoga so I know union with God no just because you could do a downward dog biatch does not mean you're you're in in union with God (laughs) or I could do a child's pose so I'm childlike so therefore I'm a spiritual master no (laughs) Oh, that's not what that means. I mean, I've had awakening after awakening after awakening. I've been on the spiritual path for many, 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 many lifetimes. In fact, right now, concurrently with this life, in many parallel lifetimes, I have been aware of my spiritual. So I'm like, I'm doing double, triple, quadruple time on many different timelines. And probably you are too. And also, uh, I'm living 
in another world right now where I'm like the president of the planet, but I'm in my chambers, uh, meditating and looking for God, finding God and communing with the divine in that body, on that world, in the, in the area of Orion, you know, where, where, what, what we call Orion, I don't think they do there, but I mean, it, we are multidimensional beings. We're in many different bodies. Sometimes at the same time, we are in many different timelines and different times. All of the lives you've ever lived are still going on right now because time is an illusion and we are multidimensional and we're doing all kinds of spiritual work, you know, and it has nothing to do with the day you were born or the longitude and latitude, or if you stare into the fucking sun, it doesn't, that stuff doesn't, it's the combination of everything that brings enlightenment and the, the tr- being of a, a heart full of service and wanting to help people. It's why I'm doing this show. So I want to help you guys get there. I want to help myself get there by helping you guys get there, which seems selfish, but there's no such thing as a selfish act. If you watch friends, <laughs> you'll hear Joey's uh, little thing on that. There's no such thing as a selfless act. He's, I think he might be right. It's kind of crazy, but you know, spiritual masters, they help us so that they could grow as well. We all want to grow and learn and spiritually get there, you know, but enjoy the journey. No matter where on the path you are, we're all on the same path. We're all on the same path. We're all doing it together. A lot of you are behind the path from me. And a lot of you might be a couple steps ahead of me on the path, you know, but just cause you've lived a life without hardly any opposition doesn't make you more spiritual. Just, you know, um, it has nothing to do with it either. You know, it's like, you don't know what you don't know till you know it, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> anyway, I'm going to take a quick break guys. I love you very much. And thank you for tuning in. And when I come back, we're going to just read chapter two in Baird T. Spaulding's book from 1894. So right after this fake message (laughs) from my fake sponsor, the cosmic threader. I love you, Tim. Thank you for this amazing hilarity (laughs) that we all need from time to time. (laughs) I I love the Hayoka clowns of this world, like myself and Tim. And if several of you are also Hayoka, they've contacted me. So it's pretty awesome. It's a weird way of being in the world, but I love it. <laughs> You'll see what I mean right after this. He's like a real haunted clown. <laughs> Oh no, is your cat out of the bag? Did you let something slip that you shouldn't have? Well, never fear. Now there's new cat box. If your cat's out of the bag, then why not put it in a box instead? Sturdier, stronger, with higher walls. This box should keep that pesky interdimensional cat at bay. Well... Here's hoping. So for all of you out there struggling to keep your cat in the bag, now there's Catbox. Catbox, brought to you by Whole Media and Victor Otto.
All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed uh, Tim's little (laughs) interlude there, cat box. And it's funny because I added it to the show before I recorded the first half in which my cat was running around (laughs) in the living room with a bag caught to her tail that she did herself. I would never do that to her. Oh, my God, my little weirdo. (laughs) But... Um, I just thought of another thing I wanted to mention before we get into the book. Um, another weird and erroneous thing that I heard, you know, uh, us as humans, we want to pigeonhole things and put things in boxes and make it all neat and tidy, you know, and it doesn't work that way. And one of these things is I read when I was reading the, uh, blood type book. Uh, eat right for your type, which I think it's been debunked possibly, but it might not have been debunked for real. It might've just been someone coming around saying that's total bullshit, but cause this guy had, um, done extensive research. So I think it is still real. But anyway, I was reading this and my blood type is AB. And what it said in the book is that because the type of blood on the shroud of Turin was AB that people assumed that they're descendants of Jesus, of brother Yeshua. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool. Hey, you know, that I realized it stroked my ego. And then I realized, well, that's just probably weird like it's probably untrue and even if he did so what doesn't mean I'm his descendant and I do know in that life I was his little cousin but I mean I didn't grow up in his household but we were like neighbors but it doesn't make me like related to him now and it's the newest of the blood types And a lot of people are like, well, that means we're more spiritual. And again, with the spiritual dick sucking, I mean, it doesn't mean that we are, uh, you know, more spiritual or less spiritual than anyone who has like type, you know, blood type O or blood type B or whatever. And it's just one of those things that if it strokes your ego, it's probably a lie. (laughs) You know, that's like part of that discernment thing. So I'm like, whatever. Like it's not even, I mean, it might just mean I'm like part alien, you know, I'm like an extraterrestrial, uh, hybrid or some crap like that. Like it doesn't, it, that's one of those erroneous things. I, I'm sure that spiritual masters have had every blood type on earth. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just an, another one of those weird things, you know, do we accept it because it strokes our ego? But the ones that don't stroke our ego, we don't accept? No. Anything that would stroke anybody's ego, that's like part of that discernment thing. Like, I, I feel like that's not, it, it, it's not real. <laughs> anyway, in 1894, Baird Spalding um, decided to go off on a hunt for, into the Himalayan mountains for um, the sole purpose of discovering and meeting and living among the spiritually ascended masters who had complete and total self-realization of themselves. And 
Well, they did it. They found him. They found them and they are living there, including Jesus, Pontius Pilate, Mother Mary. They're all living there physically in physical form. Now they're probably vibrating at a higher rate, like in the fifth dimension or something, but they're all there. At least the ones that wanted to continue living on earth to help humanity. So remember what I said, we're all on a path. Some people behind us, some people are ahead of us. These people that we're reading about in this book are extraordinary and they're amazing and they're spiritual masters. They've ascended already. Some of them have died and then recreated their bodies and now they're there, but they're just ahead of us on the same road back to God. It's the same road, you know, they're not, you know, you don't put them anywhere else in your mind as being more or less important than you. Like they are our way showers cause they did it. You know, they did the work sometimes over lifetimes. Like I know, uh, when I asked grandma Marion about this, Reverend Marion Jones, and if you're brand new tuning into the show, please go back to February and I think March of 2019 look at the beginning of my show for the grandma marrying episodes because they are really interesting spooky strange interesting she was a saint that i knew her husband was a saint i knew him in a past life and when i had a near-death experience he appeared to me so he might be also an ascended master but we, um, we were both there. She was also a cousin of Jesus and we were both there in that life. And I talk about her quite a bit, but, uh, she taught me a lot of spiritual things that I teach you guys. So you're going to get her wisdom as you, uh, hear from me. I don't know why I brought her up just now, but it'll come to me, but I just, I wanted to, uh, encourage you. I just told someone about her today and I feel the need to mention it again because she's extremely important not only in my personal life but her stories are important um for everybody and there's like a little there might be a connection you might feel a connection to her through one or more of her stories as well um all right so we're on chapter two in volume two or book two of this really incredible story so here we go The next morning after we had gathered for breakfast, we questioned our hostess and found it was not an uncommon occurrence for Jesus to come as he did. And she said he came often and joined the others in their healing work. After breakfast, we found that our hostess and two other ladies were to accompany us to the temple that day. As we left the house, two men joined the party. One told our hostess that there was a sick child in the village who was asking for her. We followed the men to the home of the child, and we found it very ill. Our hostess walked forward and held out her hands. The mother placed the child in her arms. Instantly, the little one's face brightened. Then it snuggled up close for a moment, and in a few minutes was sound asleep. Our hostess returned the child to the mother and we proceeded to the temple. Now on the way she marked, remarked, Oh, if this, oh, if these dear people would only see and do this work for themselves, 
instead of depending upon us. It would be so much better for them. As it is, they let us entirely alone until some emergency arises. Then they call for us, which is quite all right, except that it does not give them any self-reliance. Whatever. We would much prefer to see them self-reliant, but they are childlike in every way. Our chief asked if a desire could be fulfilled as soon as it was expressed. Our hostess answered that if a desire were put forth in true form, it would be fulfilled. She then went on to say that desire is but a form of prayer, that it was the true form of prayer which Jesus used as his prayers were answered. That prayer which is always answered must be true prayer, therefore must be scientific and if scientific must be according to fixed law. Continuing, she said, the law is, as you know, your prayer is granted and what things you desire when you pray, know you receive them and you shall have them. If we know positively that whatever we've asked for is ours already, we may know that we are working in accordance with the law. If the desire is filled, then we may know that the law is fulfilled. If the desire is not filled, then we must know that we have asked amiss. A-M-I-S-S. We should know that the fault is with us and not with God. Then the instructions are, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all of your strength. Now go deep, deep down within your own soul, not with forebodings, fear, and unbelief, but with a glad, free, thankful heart, knowing that that which you stand in need of is already yours. The secret lies in getting the at one meant atonement, getting the consciousness of it, then holding firmly and never deviating though all earth should oppose. Of myself, I can do nothing, said Jesus. The father that dwells in me, he does the work. Have faith in God. Have faith and doubt not. Have faith and fear not. Now remember, there is no limitation to God's power. All things are possible. All things are possible. Use positive words in making your request. There is not but the perfect condition desired. Then plant in your soul the perfect seed idea and that alone. Now ask to manifest health and not to be healed of disease. 
to express harmony and realize abundance, not to be delivered from inharmony, misery, and limitations. Throw these off as you would discard an old garment. They are old and they and only outgrown things. You can afford to discard them joyfully. Do not even turn to gaze upon them. They are no thing, nothing. Fill the seemingly blank spaces about you with the thought of God, infinite good. Then remember the word God is a seed. It must grow. Leave the how, when, and where to God. Your work is merely to say what you want and to give forth blessings. Knowing that the moment you have asked, you have received all the details of this bringing forth is the work of the father. Remember he does the work. Do faithfully your part, leave and trust God's part to him. Ask, affirm, look to God for what you want, then receive God's fulfillment. Keep the thought of God's abundance always in mind. If any other thought comes, replace it with that of God's abundance and bless that abundance. Give thanks constantly, if need be, that the work is done. Do not go back again to the asking. Just bless and give thanks that the work is done, that God is working in you, that you are receiving that which you desire, for you desire only the good that you may give out the good to all. Let this be in silence and in secret. Pray to your father in secret and your father who sees the secret of your soul will reward you openly. When the demonstration is complete, you will look back upon the time faithfully given as one of your greatest treasures. You will have proved the law and you will realize the power of your word spoken in faith and blessing. Remember that God has perfected his plan. He has poured out and is continuously pouring out lovingly and lavishly upon us all good and every good thing that we can desire. Again, he says, try me and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing. There will not be room to receive it with all my heart. In the heart of my being, Father, I am one with you, and I recognize you as being the Father of all. You are Spirit, omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. You are wisdom, love, and truth. The power and substance and intelligence of which and through which all things are created. 
You are the life of my spirit, the substance of my soul, the intelligence of my thought. I am expressing you in my body and in my affairs. You are the beginning and the end, the very all of the good which I can express. The desire of my thought which is implanted in my soul is quickened by your life in my spirit. And in the fullness of time through the law of faith, it is brought into visibility in my experience. I know that the good I desire already exists in spirit, in invisible form, but awaits the fulfillment of the law to be made visible. And I know that already I have with all my soul. The words which I now speak outline to you, my father, that which I desire. As a seed, it is planted in the soil of my soul and moved upon by your quickening life in my spirit. It must come forth. I allow only you, spirit, wisdom, love, and truth to move in my soul. I desire only that which is good for all. And I now ask you, Father, to bring it forth. Father, within me, I ask to express love, wisdom, strength, and eternal youth. I ask to realize harmony, happiness, and abundant prosperity that I may have the understanding direct from you of the method of bringing forth from the universal substance that which will satisfy every good desire. This is not for self, Father, but that I may have the understanding so that I may be of service to all your children. With all my mind, That which I desire is already in visible form. I form in mind only that which I desire. As a seed begins its growth underground, in the quiet and in the dark, so does my desire now take form in the silent, invisible realm of my soul. I enter my closet and shut the door, quietly, And confidently, I now hold my desire in mind as already fulfilled. Father, I now await the perfect outpicturing of my desire. Father, Father, within me, I thank you that now in the invisible, the fulfillment of my desire is always established And I know that you have poured out lovingly and lavishly to all an abundance of your treasure that you have filled every good desire of my life that I may partake 
of your opulent supply that I may realize my oneness with you that all your children may realize the same and that whatever I have I may pour out to help all your children all that I have I give to you father with all my strength no act or thought of mine shall deny that I have already received in spirit the fulfillment of my desire and it is now brought forth into perfect visibility in spirit in soul in mind in body I am true to my desire I have perceived my good in spirit I have conceived it as a perfect idea in soul and I have given true thought form to my desire I now bring into it vis I now bring into visibility or true manifestation my perfect desire I thank you father that I now have love wisdom understanding life health strength and eternal youth harmony happiness abundant prosperity and the method of bringing forth from the universal substance that which will satisfy every good desire said I not unto you that if you would believe you should see the glory of God understand that if it is not finished and your desire is not now visible the fault is within yourselves and not with God <clears throat> do not go back again to the asking but like Elijah persist hold out the cup until it is fulfilled pour out the blessings and thanks now that it is done I mean I'm sorry and thanks that it is done now though every mortal thought of error beset you go on go on it is here now and believe me your faith is rewarded your faith becomes knowing we will suppose it is ice you desire would you begin by speaking out the word ice all about you indiscriminately if you did you would scatter your forces in all directions and nothing would come to you you should first form a mental picture of what you desire hold it directly in thought just long enough to get the image then drop the image entirely and look directly into the universal God substance know that that substance is a part of God and therefore a part of you and in that substance there is everything you need 
that God is pressing that substance out to you just as fast as you can use it and that you can never deplete the supply. Then know that everyone who has created that supply has brought forth from this substance, whether they have done it consciously or unconsciously. Now with your thought and vision fixed on the one central atom, God, hold that atom until you have imprinted your desire upon it. You will lower the vibration of that atom until it becomes ice. Then all the atoms surrounding that one will hasten to obey your desire. Their vibration will be lowered until they will adhere to the central particle. And in a moment you will have ice. You do not need even need any water about you. You need only the ideal. The founding of America portrays the white race's homecoming as that land is their former home and one of the places where the great early spiritual enlightenment was brought forth. Okay, this is really odd because now it's all of the races homecoming if you want to say the word race so we're gonna just take this part of the grain of salt if it gets into that area that I don't like but keep it in mind (laughs) it might have been that for a minute now it's a melting pot for everybody so which I love I love that for my country more (laughs) I mean, if it can't be my Cherokee lands only, I mean, hey, it should be for everybody. But anyway, um, very weird. (laughs) So this is where early spiritual enlightenment was brought forth. That's very interesting. Thus, it is the land where the greatest spiritual awakening will take place. Ooh, this I do believe. I think it's happening now. That's why there's so much turmoil and chaos, actually. So it feels like there's no, it's not happening, but it really is. (laughs) In a short time, you will be far ahead of the whole world in physical and mechanical development. Borg, cyborg. Okay, not that. They don't mean that, I'm sure. You will go on and develop the physical and mechanical until it is perfected. To such a degree that you will see there is but one more step to the spiritual. When that time comes, you will have the courage to take that step. There is a saying in your country that necessity is the mother of invention. Necessity placed you in a position where you were obliged to do that which seemed impossible. Your mode of accomplishment has made you a very material nation. With your mode of living, this has been necessary in order to survive. When you as a nation do touch the spiritual realm, the strides that you have made in the material will seem like child's play. With the strong physical bodies and quick perception you have developed, your race will become a light to all other nations. 
And you will look back and wonder as you are looking back now and wondering why your forefathers used the stagecoach and the tallow candle when steam and electricity were all around them, just as it is around you today. It's a hundred years ago, 126 years ago. <laughs> Had they abided by the law, they would have received and benefited as you have and will. You will find that the spiritual surrounds and is above the material. You will find that in the spiritual, there is a higher law. And when you abide by that law, you receive the benefit for the spiritual is just above and around the mechanical or material. You will find that there is no more mystery in the spiritual than there is in the mechanical or the material. The things that appear difficult to you now will simply will, will be simple and you will surmount them just as readily as you are now surmounting the mechanical and material. It is the continual striving that does the work. The great error which many people make is that they do not look upon lessons as a means of attaining a given end. They do not realize that when that end is attained and fully recognized, the lessons are to be discarded and the attainment is to be followed. Then if they will still wish to go on, they may pause for a moment and place that which they have accomplished in their storehouse, sometimes called the subconscious. And after this step, the lessons leading to the further attainment, which they seek may be taken up. But as soon as the goal is reached, they must again discard the lessons. In this way, they may go on step by step to the highest attainment. You will find that lessons are but steps in the stairway. And if you were to attempt to carry all the steps you have used to reach the top, the load would soon crush you. Besides, there would be no steps for your brother to use as he follows on. Leave the steps for him to use if he chooses. They have assisted you to reach the top. You do not need them any longer. You may pause a moment for a breath or for a fresh inspiration to go on. The moment that inspiration has come, you can place your foot upon the next step and again place the attainment in the storehouse. Let go of all the lessons that brought you there and there is nothing to encumber or hold you back. But if you look back to the lessons and do not hold your vision on the goal, you will, before you realize it, have fixed the lessons instead of the ideal the lessons would convey. This may cause you to waver and look back and say, did my ancestors accomplish in the way I have accomplished? When I look far back, I can say they did, but... When I look into the immediate future, I say they did not for they accomplished by the sweat of their brow while you are using your own God given power. If you look back to your ancestors, you will, before you realize it, be worshiping them for with your creative ability, you will brought forth that which you have gazed upon. You'll be living by their standards instead of your own. You will begin to look like your ancestors, but you will not accomplish what they have accomplished. You will begin to drop back 
For if you live by another's ideal, you cannot accomplish that which the one who conceived the ideal accomplished. You must either go on or return. There are no halfway measures. This ancestor worship is one of the direct causes of nations degenerating. Because of your lack of ancestor worship, we see a great nation in store for you. You had in the first place, very little pride of ancestry. You had no ancestors to worship and you had no foundation, save that which you made. Your ideal was a free country and you brought forth your ideal. The country you acquired had been free from king or ruler. To you, it did not matter how your grandfather had accomplished. It was how you, your own individual self would accomplish. Then you united with the many to accomplish one purpose and the individual self in you, the creative power that gives you life. God held you in direct communion with your ideal power to create. Then with your eyes steadfastly fixed on the attainment, you are going on to the realization of your ideal. Our hostess turned to the table and resumed. On these tablets, it is recorded that God was called directive principle, head, mind, and was symbolized by the character, which is like your letter M, which is or was called Moo, and it's spelled out M-O-O-H. This translated into your language would be director or builder. This directive principle was over all and controlled all. This The first being he created was called the expression of the directive principle. And he was created in form, just like the principle, as the principle had no form, but his own to express by or through. This being which the directive principle created was the outer expression of the principle himself. He was created in the image of the principle as a directive principle had no other form to pattern after the directive principle gave to his creation. Every one of his attributes and this creation had access to everything that the principle had. He was given dominion over every outer form. He had the form of his creator, the attributes of his creator, and the power to express all of them in the perfect way that the creator expresses so long as a creation held itself in direct accord with the principle. None of the attributes of the created being were developed, but the creator having in mind the ideal or perfect plan, which his creation was to express placed his creation in ideal or perfect surroundings where all the conditions for its perfect development were complete. When these conditions were complete, this being was placed among them 
and named Lord God. And the location where he was placed was called Mu or M and afterwards became known as the cradle or mother. I wish you to observe that I am putting this into words in your language that you can understand them. You can go into the details later after you have learned to translate the tablets yourselves. I wish to bring these points out so that they may become the principle from which we shall work in translating these records. I do not wish you to think that I am attempting to change any conclusions you have already formed in other ways or through other thoughts or studies. I am going to ask you to lay them all aside for the time. When you have gone deeper into these studies, you are at liberty to take up all others again, if you wish. I do not wish to influence you in any way. All lessons are but the outer, a way of arriving at a conclusion. If the conclusion is not reached or the aim sought is not attained, the lessons become driftwood, extra baggage, nothing. Chapter 3 Day after day for two months with the old man as our instructor, We gave our whole attention to a set of tablets which dealt entirely with characters, symbols, and their position, plan, and meaning. One morning early in March, we went to the room in the temple as usual and found the old gentleman lying on the couch as though asleep. One of our party walked over and placed a hand on his arm to arouse him, then started back and exclaimed, He is not breathing. I believe he is dead. We gathered around the couch and we were so absorbed in our own thoughts of death among these people that we did not hear anyone enter. We were roused from our reverie by a voice saying, Good morning. We turned towards the door and there stood Emil. We had supposed that he was a thousand miles away and his sudden appearance had startled us. Before we had time to compose ourselves, he had walked over and was shaking hands all around. In a moment, Emil walked to the couch on which the old man was lying. Placing his hand upon the old man's head, He said, here we have a dear brother who has departed from this earth, but has not been able to finish his work among us. As one of your poets has said, he has wrapped his mantle around him and has lain down to pleasant dreams. In other words, you have pronounced him dead. Your first thought is to get an undertaker and a coffin and prepare a grave to hide the mortal part of him while it dissolves. Dear friends, kindly think for a moment. To whom did Jesus speak when he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. He was not talking to the outer self, the me, 
the shell. He was recognizing and praising the inner self, the one infinite, the all hearing, all knowing, all seeing, the great and mighty omnipresent God. Can you not see where the eyes of Jesus were turned as he stood at the tomb of Lazarus? Did he, like you, look into that tomb and see a dead and dissolving Lazarus? While your vision was upon the dead, he held his vision upon the living, the only begotten of God. His vision was fixed upon unchangeable, eternal, omnipresent life, and that life transcends all. Now with our vision held steadfastly toward the ever-present reality of God, we can behold his finished work. Here's a brother who never relied wholly on God, but went on partially in his own strength until he has reached this stage and given up and made the mistake which so many are making today, the mistake you look upon as death. This dear soul has not been able to let go of all doubt and fear, and thus he has relied on his own strength and has not been able to finish the work set before all. Should we leave him thus, his body will dissolve and he will again be sent forth to finish his mortal task, which is all but complete. In fact, so nearly completed is that we can help him to finish and we feel this to be a great privilege. You asked if he can again be awakened to full consciousness. Yes, he can. And so can all others who have similarly passed. Though he has passed as you look upon it, we who have shared a part of his life with him can help and he will be able to understand quickly so that he may take his body with him. It is not necessary to leave the body to so-called death and dissolution, even after one has apparently made the great mistake. Here the speaker stopped and for a moment appeared to be lost in deep meditation. In a very short time, four of our friends from the village walked into the room. They gathered close together for a few moments as though in deep thought. Then two of them reached out their hands and motioned us to join them. We stepped up close and two placed their arms around two of our party and we in turn placed our arms around each other until the circle was complete. The circle extended around the couch that the form of the departed was lying upon. As we stood there for a moment and without a word being spoken, the light in the room became brighter. We turned and Jesus and Pilate were standing in the room together a few steps away. They came forward and joined us. There was another deep silence. Then Jesus stepped forward to the couch and raising both hands, said, Dear ones, will you just step through the veil of death with me for a moment? 
It is not forbidden ground as you think. If you'll just step through as we have done and view it from the other side, you will see that it is only what your thoughts have made it. There is life there, the same life that is here. He stood for a moment with outstretched hands. Dear friends and brother, you are with us and we are with you and we are all together with God. The sublime purity, peace, and harmony of God surrounds, embraces, and enriches all. This perfection now manifests so vividly to you, our dear one, that you may arise and be received unto your father. Dear one, you see and know that it is not dust to dust and ashes to ashes, but it is life, pure life, life everlasting. Your body need not be left to mortal dissolution. You now perceive the glory of the kingdom from which you come forth. You may now arise and go to your father and the shout goes up. All hail, all hail the newborn one, the risen Lord, the Christ among men. Dear reader, words are but a travesty when the mortal attempts to picture the beauty and purity of the light that filled that room. And as that form arose, the light seemed to penetrate every object so that nothing cast a shadow, not even the form of our friend or our own bodies. The walls seemed to expand and become transparent until we seemed to be looking into infinite space. The glory of that picture cannot be told. Then we knew that instead of standing in the presence of death, we were standing in the presence of eternal life. Life unspeakably grand, never diminishing, but going on and on eternally. What could we mortals do but stand and stare? In the uplift of those few moments, we were carried for a time far beyond our most sanguine imagination of heaven and the beauty of it all. It was not a dream, but real. Thus the real can be greater than any dream. We were privileged to see through and beyond the shadow, the beauty and tranquility of that scene and the great faith we had already placed in our friends carried us completely over the divide that day. And today that divide is but a level plane. Yet in some way it was made clear that each one for himself must first scale the heights before the beauty beyond can be seen. With every vestige of age gone, 
our friend whom we looked upon as raised from the dead, turned toward his associates and in a moment began to speak. These are his words as he stood facing our friends. It is as though they were cast in raised gold upon a tablet which stands always before me. The voice came forth with a majesty I cannot express. There was no affectation, just a clear, deep note of sincerity and strength. He said, Dear ones, you cannot know the joy, the peace, the great bliss you have given me in awakening me as you have. Just a moment ago, it was all dark. I stood fearing to go on, and yet I could not return. The only way that I can explain it is I seemed engulfed in a blackness, a great blackness from which I suddenly seemed to awaken, and now I am again with you. Here his face became so radiant with joy that there was no mistaking his sincerity. Then he turned to us and said, Dear ones, how I love to think of our association. You can never know the joy it has given me to have clasped your hands. The great joy it has given me to see and know and feel the sincerity with which you have accepted these, my dear helpers, who at this moment I am able to call divine. Could you see through my eyes at this moment? You would be able to know the bliss that I am experiencing. The greatest joy of all is to know so fully that each of you will stand and know just as I am standing and knowing that joy you will know only when you stand as I stand. I can say that it is well to have lived a full life, to be able to enjoy one moment of this, then to think that I can see all eternity unfolding. Do you wonder when I say that my eyes are almost blinded and I am dazed with the revelation? Do you wonder at my great longing to unfold this vision to you and not only to you, but to every brother and sister in the whole wide universe of God? Dear brothers, if I could lay a transforming hand upon you and lift you to where I stand, it seems that my joy would be multiplied many fold at this moment. I am shown I must not do that. I am shown that you yourselves must stretch forth this transforming hand. And when you have stretched it forth, you will find God's hand ready to clasp yours. You will be able to walk and talk with him and God will eternally bless you as he does all. The greatest joy of all is I am shown that it does not matter what the caste or creative church all are welcome. In a moment, he had disappeared from our view, just faded away. It seemed to us.
Was this an ethereal vision? All my associates concluded that it was not, for two of them had clasped this man's hand. I leave it to the reader to decide. Then one of our friends from the village turned to us and said, I know that you are doubting, but won't you understand that this was not staged for your benefit? This is but one of the emergencies in our lives. And when the emergency does arise, we are able to come over, come up over the emergency. This dear one had not been able in his own strength to quite surmount the divide, as you call it. In fact, as you see it, he had passed on. The soul had left the body behind and one so enlightened can be helped at the crucial moment so that the soul returns and the body finishes its perfection. Then the body can be taken along. This brother longed too ardently to pass on and he left his body, went in just a few more steps, as it were, helped it over the divide and the perfection was complete. The help extended was our great privilege. <laughs> All right. Well, there it is guys. Woo. That was chapter two and three of the life and teaching of the masters of the far East book two. <laughs> There's always stuff that just doesn't cease to amaze me in, in these stories. Like this is such a crazy book and it's amazing. I mean, how many of you want to go to the Himalayan mountains with me and find these men? I mean, for sure. I really want to. <laughs> uh, well, I liked the law of attraction bit. That was pretty cool. I read this before and I don't think I grasped it fully. I've read it three times. This is the third time today that I've ever read it. I got a few more things out of it. A little bit of nuggets, <laughs> abundance nuggets. It was pretty cool. So I don't know. I hope that, uh, you guys are able to get something good out of it. Maybe manifest some great things in your lives. And if you do, let me know. So that's it. That's, that's all she wrote for today. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and telling your friends and family about the show. Thank you for those of you who have mentioned me multiple times. Cosmic trade. Cosmic, cosmic trader. Oh my God. Like your trader Joe's T R A D E R. That's what I said. Cosmic trader, but cosmic threader. That's who I meant to say. <laughs> Who's been channeling Hunter S Thompson, by the way, his spirit is strong with that one. And Hunter's with me too. A few times this week because of it. It's pretty cool. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Woo. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I, I love you and I will be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. And, um, well, that's it for now. 
I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Until next time, guys. Peace. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.